Hey. Okay. <laughs> try this again. <laughs> yeah, try this again. I think maybe this time it might have been my fault because when I looked down, when I stopped hearing something, um, I was on my lock screen. And so I just went to my settings to turn off like my, like, you know how like after a minute, like your phone like yeah. goes to its lock screen. So I don't know if that is what made it exit out of like maybe the sound or something, but I went to my settings and I turned that off. So hopefully moving forward. This will be <laughs> this will be it. <laughs> okay, okay. Hopefully, hopefully this is it. <laughs> this is, hey, I appreciate you for sticking out with me. You know. Oh no, I, I understand how you know this all goes. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get caught cheating because when when they find out, it's gonna be harder for you in the future. Look at talk starts now. Welcome one, welcome everybody to another edition of Liquor Talk. I am your man, Mr. V. Jones. And guess what, y'all? This is an exclusive round today. Having a round with me today, and even though she's all the way uh, all the way in San Antonio, Texas, it's Miss Tamara Johnson, better known as Tammy, the host of the Tea with Tammy podcast. Tammy, how you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm super excited to be on your platform. I am a fan, especially of your um, show title, Liquor Talk. And so I know you're going to bring all the great vibes. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm a fan of you as well. You've been at it for a while and I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a huge fan. So it's like, so well. I'm glad we're finally getting a mesh. Nice, nice. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So my first question for you today is, what is your favorite kind of tea? Since you got the podcast called Tea with Tammy. Yes, of course. And um, I'm excited to tell you what my favorite tea is just because it is, um, I would say, out of the ordinary. People would think I'm brewing tea or I'm making like a pitcher of like sweet tea. But my favorite tea is boba tea. And if you are unfamiliar with what boba tea is, it is the tea that comes in that tall plastic cup that has a plastic lid on the top that you have to stab your thick straw through. And I get the flavor lemon, honey, green tea. And at the bottom of my cup is the, are those delicious tapioca balls. It is so good. I, I recommend you trying it. Trust me. Wow. I, I've actually never tried the boba tea. So it's like, so where do you get your bubble tea from? I get it from this spot called Tea Time in San Antonio, Texas. Um, they they basically recognize me every time I walk in because I go there often. I have my little punch card. But I just find the tapioca at the bottom of the cup just so delicious. It's like having like some extra like candy at the bottom or like some gummy like gummy bears. Like it's just so good. Wow, that that's interesting. I definitely got to try it, y'all. Y'all, y'all heard it from Tammy. Tammy, <laughs> try the bubble tea, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done so. Yes. All right, we're going to shift gears. Let's get into your podcast. Let's talk to you about your podcast. Um, so what what got you into podcasting when you first started? Well, um, well, if we date back to my college days, um, I went to Texas State University, and I was on a radio show in college. And so when you do college radio, when you graduate, unfortunately, um, you are no longer a part of the college radio program because you have now. And so a lot of my listeners or just my friends were like wondering what my next step was. And so the closest thing to radio without actually working for a radio station was podcasting. And so, you know, I decided to download editing software and just record on my phone and a lot of people don't realize that my first 70 episodes are on my phone and so um yeah that's how it all came about it was just like a void in my life of you know speaking to my listeners and my fans oh that's that's interesting that's interesting you know what i'm saying i'm glad you were able to continue that so what can people get from the tea with tammy podcast on the regular well, um, for the Tea with Tammy podcast, how it is marketed on my social media sites, I say in the in the about me is sip tea and talk urban culture with young creatives. And so I try to have a guest every episode and just kind of pick their brain on one, their creative side, what they do personally as a creative, and then just get their opinions on other creatives that are in 
um, bigger platforms or just in our same spaces or doing what we want to do and just commenting on the culture as a whole talking about whatever's current, whatever Black news is out there. Um, so I would say overall, it's just me sipping tea with young creatives and talking about Black things. <laughs> I feel you. I, I definitely feel you on that. Um, now, tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on about Black culture. What's something you always say that about Black culture that nobody agrees with you on? Um... <sighs> I can't say nobody agrees with this, but I'll say it's not said enough. But, um, man, unfortunately, not all skin folk is kin folk. You know, uh, <laughs> we're, we're in an election uh, season right now. And, you know, it, it's heightened in society, the politics. And you just got to be careful where you're aligning yourself and your opinions and views with. And so... It's not, it's not something I, I enjoy saying, but it, it's the truth. You know, not everyone's going to think like you that has the same skin color as you. Um, and that's a big reality that a lot of our people need to get a hold of. I definitely agree with you. Okay, I agree with you there because a, a lot of our people, just because we're the same skin color, don't mean they think alike or they think like you or they have the same ideas or... They might have the same ideas, but they just have different ways of going about it. So I definitely agree with you on that, you know. Thanks. So so what do you think is something that kept you going um, during the, um, when it came to being a creative? Um, I have to, like, give it to my friends, my fans, my listeners, whoever is paying attention and contributing or commenting or critiquing in any type of way that has, like, any topic, type of, like, positivity or constructive criticism has really motivated me to keep going because sometimes as a creative, you can feel like you're just talking to no one. You're talking to a wall, you're shouting at the sky and no one's paying attention. And so for the people who are actually engaging with me with the content that I'm making, I appreciate you all because I feel like I would not still be here today if it wasn't for you all. And just that reassurance that I'm doing something right, even though it's not always about that at the end of the day, it's, it's a nice reassurance to know that someone's listening, someone hears you someone understands you and someone cares i definitely agree with you on that you know what i'm saying so what what is some of the what, what's your creative process like when you're planning your episodes and stuff oh man it's all over the place um hopefully it gets better in 2020 i'm not gonna lie um i'm the type of person who is very sporadic and just random like i'll be at my actual nine to five job and then like an idea will just pop up and i have to just stop what i'm doing at that moment put it in my notes and so it's just a lot of um piecing together a lot of just a randomized ideas but when it comes to just um my podcast you know society makes my content so at the end of the day it's not too difficult to come up with topics it's a matter of making it sound right and pleasing for my my audience and so it's just the combination of in my process of like sporadic but also um, a little bit of planning just so I I'm connecting with my audience still yeah I definitely agree I definitely agree on that Ladies and gentlemen, if y'all mm-hmm. know right now you are listening to the Look and Talk podcast, go ahead and subscribe to the Look and Talk podcast if you haven't done so already. What now? What what would you say was your greatest failure, and how did you overcome that failure? Oh, greatest failure. Um, ooh, that's that's a tough one because, I mean life is all about trial and error. (laughs) And so everything can seem as like a failure at first, but then in hindsight, it just all seems like wins because, you know, you wouldn't be where you are today without those mistakes or failures in the past. But I want to say maybe some of the um, bridges burned or like uh, disagreements I've had in my past with individuals that are also creatives or who are artists Um, being someone who likes to comment on the culture, you get a lot of uh, side eyes or backlash for having a strong opinion on things. And you can find yourself on a slippery slope of going back and forth. Um, And for the most part, it can be, you know, a fruitful and friendly debate, but sometimes it it isn't. And so I regret those moments. um, And I, I consider those failures just because they have, 
you know, I, I hate to say that I care what people think of me, but I know that some people who view my strong opinions may have a bad taste in their mouth, depending on what I'm commenting on. But hopefully they understand that, you know, it's an, it's an opinion and these these opinions belong to me. But I, I consider, you know, those types of um, uh, moments that, you know, spiraled and escalated failures. I, I, I too, I, I definitely agree with you on that. It's like you see the backlash all the time on social media. Like, whenever somebody says something that you don't agree with, right. you got people that just feel the need to just belittle you or just right. cause you to lose it, you know? Right. Let me let me say this. I remember having um, a conversation on the timeline, I think it was two years ago, and I boldly stepped out on the ledge and I, I admitted that I'm not the biggest Jay Z fan. And in the hip hop culture, you know, Jay-Z is, you know, top two and not two for a lot of people. And so for me to feel very strongly in the opposite direction, man, I had people coming at me left and right. And I was, you know, I was holding my opinion. I was like, I, I, I don't hear it. I don't like it. I'm not a huge fan. Of course, um, I respect it, but Jay-Z isn't in my personal top two, not two, you know, conversation. And so I had a lot of people in my personal life and people I just knew well on the timeline kind of look at me sideways and like actually take it to heart. And so it's like those weird moments where it's just that fine line of taking an opinion just like too, like too seriously. (laughs) I, I definitely agree with you on that. So it's like some music opinions I'll give, but then some music opinions I'll just hold to myself or I'll just express my own podcast for that exact reason. Because having having strong opinions on music, they can cause people to lose followers and stuff. So I right. definitely agree with you on that. Right, exactly. I'm glad you understand. <laughs> no, I, I know I totally get it. It's like not just music, but a lot of things in black culture. So tell me this. What is something you wish you would have known when you first started uh, podcasting? Oh, I mean, I should have known this myself, but if someone would have just tapped me on the shoulder and reminded me that this <laughs> that this form of media and art would then turn into like everything else where everyone does it <laughs> and that you're going to have to really stand out and go hard. I wish I just would have had that tap on the shoulder and that reminder, just because when you are reminded of that, you, you of course go even harder to separate, separate yourself from the pack. And so now that this is something that everyone does, you really have to go above and beyond. And I just wish I put, 10 times more effort in the beginning that than I do now um, than I did at that time, just because who knows where I would be. But I feel like every creative feels like that. You know, there's no winning when it comes to creating. You're always beating yourself up. But I just wish someone would have just reminded me that in two years, everyone's going to have a podcast and you're going to have to do <laughs> do everything you can to be different. Hey, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, now, what are some principles that, that have uh, that you have felt like that have led to your success? Um, principles. Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, when I went to college, I I went to college for mass communication, and within mass communication, you take a journalism class, and so in journalism, you always learn integrity. And for the most part, I feel like I I hold great integrity in my work. I feel like I put out great quality. I am um, sticking to my morals and values. And I feel like that's why I've been able to sustain and keep a listenership this long, just because they know that I'm being genuine. I'm doing the best that I can and I'm I'm serving a purpose for them. And so as long as you're you're holding that integrity and you're staying true to, you know, the the rights that you you believe in, I think um, you'll have longevity. And I think, you know, me reaching 100 episodes is my longevity of, you know, hopefully doing another 100. So I think sticking to integrity and like those principles that are in the journalism world has uh, allowed me to, to keep going. I can, I can totally vouch for that because I did take journalism classes myself. I um, graduated communication, so I definitely agree with that. They do teach you to have a lot of integrity. Um, now, I was asked this question the other night, and I was like, I gave a good, decent answer, but I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Now, sure. how do you retain listeners? 
Hmm. Now, I mean, I wish I had the, like the the answer to that because it's all like a game. I I swear, it's like you never really know who's there for you, who's riding. <laughs> but um, I have my little solid core. But as for like maintaining, I I stay like engaging. I try to engage, try to like have conversations with the people who I know are writing for me. And so commenting back, um, you know, posing questions on the timeline that I know that will provoke an answer, hopefully, and just keeping the conversation going after the podcast stops. Because I know a lot of people hit record and once they stop recording, that's it. That's the only communication that they have with their audience. And I feel like that is um, neglecting a service. Um, It's doing a disservice to them and their audience because, you know, we need follow-up. There's a lot of stuff that we didn't get to, you know, there's a, there's a lot of comments and, um, you know, uh, constructive criticism that you're missing out on. And so having that engagement with your, your audience is definitely going to keep the listenership that is wanting to learn more about you and stick around. I, I can definitely vouch for that. I definitely agree with you on that. Now, what is the common myth about podcasting you hear all the time that you're like, okay, let me tell y'all the truth. Um, man, I wish I had like some juicy tea when it comes to that. But I'm going to say that a lot of people just have this misconception that it's like really hard to do. Like, like the, the best way to start is to just start. And so a lot of people ask me like, how, how can, how can I start my podcast? What do I do? And I'm like, hit record and talk, like (laughs) it will come to you. You'll figure it out as you go. Like you won't have all the answers on your first episode. If you date back to my first episode, I sound ridiculous like trust me and so (laughs) you will figure things out as you progress and as you grow within the space that you're creating and so just get out of your head that you know you're you're gonna have to do extreme planning and you're gonna have to do this extreme research yes of course that helps and of course you want to you know know as much as you can don't beat yourself up and prolong yourself for so long because you feel like you need to have all the answers at first so just start don't overwhelm yourself and be scared at the fact that people are posting to Spotify and Stitcher and Apple, like all they're doing is hitting record and talking. So you can do the same. <laughs> I definitely agree with you on that. You know what I'm saying? Cause you get a lot of people that like, I get those questions to myself, like, Oh, how you start, how you start. I just simply tell people just start it and do it and just work on getting better and just honing in on your craft, you know what I'm saying? So tell me this random fact about you. If you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Ooh, superpowers. Ooh, that's a hard one. Okay, um, Man, I, I can't I can't narrow it down. Maybe I'll narrow it down as I tell you. One of them would have to be maybe invisibility. Like I would want to be invisible because I love being the fly on the wall in situations or I wish I was the fly on the wall in some situations. And so I feel like that would be a super cool um, superpower. But also I'm thinking I want to read minds too because man, I have trust issues. And if I know what you're thinking, if I know you're lying, that would just make my life so much easier. (laughs) So that would be more of like a selfish superpower. But um, I'm going to go with invisibility because I want to be in rooms and on the wall of like important conversations. You know how much tea I would get if I was invisible? Man, I'd have all the tea. (laughs) <laughs> oh yes yes that, that yeah you definitely would have all the tea if you were just invisible just being a fly on the wall right now, being that this name of the podcast is called liquor talk mm. what is your favorite liquor to drink oh man hands down tequila you can find me with some 1800 some casa amigas i love me some tequila <laughs> <laughs> Yes, for the tequila. Um, I talked to someone last night. They said they like dark and you like white white tequila. But um, yes. speaking of, like I said, I guess I got to say shout out to a friend of mine who does the Tequila Hates Everybody podcast. Ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's what, that's what triggered that. I'm going to have to check well. them out. <laughs> so tell me about Texas. Tell me about how coming up in Texas has um, helped you with your growth. I will say that when you're born in Texas, I feel like it's just embedded in you to have confidence. (laughs) I know I can't speak for the whole state, but being a part of such a large state 
in such a popular state and such a monumental legacy, like hip hop state as well with certain acts like that alone has like helped me on my path in my career just for being in this culture. Um, but I will admit I'm from San Antonio, Texas. So it's not like I'm, you know, whipping in Dallas and Houston. I have a very like um, melting pot um, experience just because like we're a military military city we we also attract a lot of um, people from different areas because of like the cost of living and so I, I experience a lot of different backgrounds still but I mean I'm Texas at heart and so when you're from Texas I just feel like you just you just come you're just born a boss <laughs> just born a boss that's, <laughs> that's my up. opinion <laughs> speaking of speaking of Texas um Who's some of your favorite artists to come out of Texas? Because I ain't gonna lie, I was just a little bit old school Texas music today. I was like, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like uh, I would get roasted if I didn't say like UGK, Pimp C, Bun B, you know, that is like legendary, you know, RIP to Pimp C. But I mean, I have to mention the artists of today. So shout out to um, it, um, Meg Thee Stallion and Normani because they are killing the black girl magic out here in these streets. And so those are my new favorite artists from Texas because they are holding it down. And I'm going to be completely honest, I'm not even the biggest fan of their actual music. I just love how positive they are, how they're putting on for girls with melanin and just running the industry. So shout out to them. You know, I definitely agree with you on that. You know what I'm saying? I definitely like, um, I, I think both of them are beautiful and I think they are definitely, um, definitely are holding down the game. So I tend to root for them because like Issa Rae, I root for everybody black, <laughs> everybody with melanin. I yes. really do um do root for. So tell me this. Now you were telling me something earlier, some juicy tea about you personally mm. getting out of a podcasting game. I'm oh, like, man, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> you said you were uh, considering it. I mean, I am. Um, and that's just because I did some like um self-reflecting the other day. You know, it's new year, everyone's like, new year, new me, new beginnings, you know how that is. Um, and so I was reflecting on my creative journey and my creative path to and you know, to how I got where I am now. And I realized that um I start things and then I transition into something else. And so Back in the day, like I used to be a whole YouTuber, like I was on YouTube, I had new episodes every week. And I was, um, you know, I was editing content that was video. Um, I transitioned out of that and became a full on blogger. I was contributing to hip hop websites. I had my own personal blog and I was really into content writing. Um, after that, I transitioned into radio slash podcasting. And so I, I'm looking at myself like, what's my next step? Um, I, I like to evolve. I like to, you know, move forward. And so I found myself kind of plateauing in the potting atmosphere. And I, I'm, I'm questioning, I'm like, what's next? What's next? And so I don't know exactly what that what next is. But I do know that this podcasting thing may not last forever for me. Uh, I can totally understand that. I can definitely understand that. So what are some of your like other platforms you're looking into getting into for the new year besides podcasting? Right. I might transition back to YouTube, but in a different way. Um, back when I was in college, when I was on YouTube, it was me sitting at a desk looking straight at the camera. And it was, you know, me just commenting on hip hop content. And, and that was the extent of it. Um, now, you know, YouTube and um, technology has evolved since I, I did those videos. That was back in between maybe 2011 till 2014. I was po I was uh, doing YouTube. And so um, a lot has changed in the past six years. And I'm willing to you know, dive into this new world of YouTube and see if I can, if I can float, um, you know, sink or, sink or drown, you know, like type of situation. And so I'm, I'm willing to take a risk and um, go back to the platform and do it on in a bigger way, maybe do some vlogging, um, have more effects, um, make it maybe more uh, as a TV show. I have a lot of ideas. I have um, ideas of doing YouTube videos that explain how I made the tea, you know, like kind of like a cooking show, but more it's like you're making tea and so I want to expand on um, video content that's that's what really what I'm getting into 
Okay, wow, that's that's nice. Uh, um, like I said, so do you is the Tea with Tammy YouTube channel up yet? It actually is. Um, there's audio episodes up, but nothing visual yet. And um, on my hundredth episode of Tea with Tammy, I alluded to that. You know, that's a goal for 2020. When I come back with Tea with Tammy podcast, it will be visual. Um, I do want to, um, you know, up my game. You know, there's a Joe Budden podcast. We have um, lip service. We have a lot of people who are visual and are touring. And I would like to be seen in in that same um, regard. And so I know I have to go hard or go home. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I definitely, because I want that for myself, because I see the Joe Buttons of the world. I see the lip services. I see mm-hmm. all of that as well. And that's why I'm taking this step and getting outside my comfort zone and doing having other people on shows. So that's nice. why I definitely agree with you on that. So what are some of the, the um, hurdles you face as being a black creative? Ooh, some hurdles. Um, when you're a black creative, um, of course, you are, I don't want to say overlooked, but it's it's always going to be 10 times harder when you're black. Like that, that you can't, argue me on that and it's going to be even harder when you're a woman and so with my um content topics being hip-hop like man do i get the side eyes left and right from being just a woman because they're just like what do you know on you know these rappers what do like how would you know i don't know it's just like this misogyny or this like um stereotype I don't know what it is but I'm not always taken as serious as as I would like to be when it comes to commenting on the industry because sometimes people are like okay you're a woman but also they're like okay you don't make music you don't do these things so how how do you um how can you comment on such things but I mean I have a whole degree in it so a lot of people don't really understand the credibility side or have done their research on me to know that I feel like I know what I'm talking about and if you feel like you don't I don't then of course you can tune into something else but um that's that's just like kind of oh that's like where where I'm at with it no, I, I I definitely agree. I think that people who look at a woman like, oh, you don't know this, you know that. I think them people need to grow up because it's about <laughs> to be a whole new decade. We are in a whole new decade. I feel like y'all need to grow up. Women can right. do this. Men can do that. So why don't y'all just grow up? Right. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still, it's still um, hard to see a lot of women in positions who are the sole commenter on a hip hop topic. Like you always have to have the male cosign or the two men sitting next to you. I mean, there's everyday struggle. And of course we have Nadeska right in the middle, but of course she says the least and she's the moderator and that's weird to me. And so it's like, even when we're in the spaces, we are still kind of belittled and I would like to change that um, in 2020, of course. I definitely agree. I definitely think you should definitely change that. I think you should definitely keep going we're gonna hope to change that you know what i'm saying so what are some things you're looking forward to in this decade uh, happening in this decade um man personally wealth come on now like i need my bank account to look right this year (laughs) that's what i'm looking forward to (laughs) i'm looking forward to the bag but um besides that just elevating myself in every other way like health-wise, like mentally. Uh, Of course, we all have like those cliche goals, like losing weight, reading more, talking to family more, you know, (laughs) you know, educating ourselves more. But creatively, I definitely want to evolve and and really take my brand to new heights. I want to be an umbrella for a lot of different content. I want to be um, an Easter Ray, if you will, because she's someone that I've looked up to, man, early on. I was watching Awkward Black Girl in my dorm when I was in college. And so I, I, I really love what she was able to do with her brand and have people under her and making content under her and, you know, expanding and with scripts. And now she's in movies and now she's in leads of ro- romantic movies. And so I would love to just have a um, similar um, career path as we're just evolving. I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, Issa Rae, she is getting that bag. I've seen her putting out movies. I saw the um, debut. I saw Insecure about to come back, and I yes. think she's getting other shows. 
<laughs> I love it. She is like one of the people that I follow and idolize. She's a strong black woman. And I actually was able to uh, meet her. I met her in 2014. She was at South by Southwest and I just ran into her at the Austin Convention Center and I snapped a picture. I'll have to show you one day. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely show that to me, ladies. Um, definitely show it to me. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know by now, you are definitely listening to Look at Talk, the exclusive round. I got to join me tea with Tammy, the um, Tammy, the host. Um, so, Tammy, tell the people, where can they subscribe to your podcast? Oh, you can find my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You would just search Tea with Tammy, T-E-A-W-I-T-H-T-A-M-I. Um, Tea with Tammy on everything. Um, that's Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, um, Instagram. I am everywhere. Connect, follow, I follow back, and start a conversation about something. I love talking about current events. Um, I, I respond to everything. If someone's like, hey, what, what are your thoughts on this album? If I haven't heard it, I will go listen to it, then report back with my thoughts, or I will just report my thoughts if I've already heard it. And so it's all just an engagement with me. So please follow on all platforms. Yes, please follow her. She's definitely a great follow, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't known already. All right, we're gonna shift gears now. We're gonna we're gonna get a little talk about little relationships and stuff, some Ooh. things that I will discuss on Look at Talk. And the last thing we discussed on actually we're gonna go to something I actually I covered on the Cake Dish podcast. Shout out to Shandrika for having me on. But um um the what we covered last night was shooting shots. So mm. I don't know if you're single, you're in a relationship, but um I am single as a Pringle and I'm ready to mingle. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I am single and I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> I'm very serious. Tell your audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you think about shooting shots on the... I know you see this on social media. What, what do you think about shooting shots on the timeline and stuff? Oh, shooting shots. Um, I think I think a lot of people overthink it. I don't even think that it, it's that serious or that um, in-depth. Just be you and be transparent about what you're looking for or what you want. Now, my advice when it comes to shooting shots, I think you can never go wrong if your humor is on point. If, if you already know kind of what the other person will laugh at or, you know, what they're into and you can kind of play off of that, man, you're in there. If you can make someone laugh, you can't tell me nothing different. You are in there. So leave with some humor. That's my recommendation. But if not, just be honest, be true, transparent. That's shooting your shot to me. Oh wow! So, do you get the ones? Do you get the men out there that be sending pictures of their business? Which I had to tell those men, like y'all need to quit doing that because oh my gosh. everybody's not trying to see your business. Listen, that does absolutely nothing for me. That that's the quickest way to get blocked. I don't know what people think they are doing when they do that, but what like what is that supposed to do for me? If anything, you should be sending videos now. It's 2020. <laughs> send, a bo- <laughs> send a boomerang. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Damn, she said send a video. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need some- a little more than that. Okay, like, what am I supposed to do with this picture? Like, I can I can Google, like, penises, and I can find this somewhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and... <laughs> That's my thoughts. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Uh, so, what does? Uh, how do you know if you like? Let's say you decide to shoot your shot. How do you know it was successful on your end? Um. Again, transparency. I am a lot more direct, maybe, than the average person. And so, if I'm feeling someone, I'm like, "Hey, you feeling me?" <laughs> I am very direct. I'm like, "So, we we gonna link up? Like, do you want to exchange numbers?" I'm very like direct like with my vibes like you you will know if i'm like shooting my shot or i'm just networking or trying to be your friend like you you would know the difference and so if i can sense some hesitancy or like you're looking at me crazy i i know my cues i will back off (laughs) but if but if you're 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 letting it flow and you're you're receiving it then i feel like i'm doing well and you know swish i shoot my shot and i made it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up that's definitely what's up um so um a random thought um what is the best restaurant to try in texas to try in texas oh my gosh i'm like the worst person to probably ask this just because i'm a homebody 
and I eat the same five things all the time, but I'm very excited to try soon turkey leg cut in mm-hmm. Houston. So I haven't had it myself, but from what I hear and the, and the pictures I've seen, it has to be good. So I'm just going to go ahead and say turkey leg hut, even though I haven't even had it. <laughs> <laughs> even though she hasn't had it, she recommends it, y'all. So yes. all my Texas followers out there, y'all try that restaurant. The reason I ask is because I be I know you see my Instagram. I'd be like to try new new different new different things. So mm-hmm. I wondered out there so that way if I do ever come out to Texas, I know what to try. But yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I definitely definitely look into that, y'all. And uh, definitely definitely with some years now. Now, what's your advice to all the people who want to shoot their shot with you? Just be direct. Yes, be direct with what you want. Say, hey, I'm trying to kick it with you. Hey, I'm trying to get to know you. Or, hey, I think I'm attracted to you. Something of that regard. I'll be like, oh, okay, let's let's see where things go. I don't like beating around the bush. I don't like wasting my time. <laughs> so if you understand all of those things, I feel like you shooting your shot will have a greater percentage of uh making it in the hole <laughs> okay <laughs> i feel you i feel you on that i definitely feel you on that now how do you feel about valentine's day since valentine's day is around the corner are you one of those women that you that's one of your favorite holidays or you, it's just another day to you um man i'm i'm a little bit in the middle because i don't think valentine's day is an important holiday to me but my number one love language is receiving gifts so I am going to feel away if I don't get something from my significant other on Valentine's Day. Now, you don't have to, like, cover the whole house with flower petals and, you know, take me on a trip to the Bahamas. Like, you don't have to do all this extra stuff. But I do like to be acknowledged. <laughs> yeah, <holiday>. I <laughs> so what's the most romantic thing someone has ever done for you on Valentine's Day? Oh, man, I think that every year, not every year, but for the majority of my life, I've been single on Valentine's Day. Um, I haven't been in a lot of relationships. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a nomad in these streets. I I fly solo. I like being single for the most part, to be honest. Um, And so I haven't experienced a lot of romantic experiences. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I'm going to say just like. Uh, intimate dinner because that's all I ever want I'm not a big like flashy person or like you gotta you know surprise me in a different city with expensive diamonds and jewels like I'm not that person all I want is a good meal and a relaxing evening and us just laughing enjoying our company (laughs) I definitely I definitely could agree with that I definitely agree with that 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 sounds like a very good vibe to have and because so many people feel like you need to go above and beyond on Valentine's Day. Are you now you are you the type of woman that you would reciprocate a gift, you know what I'm saying, on Valentine's Day or no? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I I actually was in a relationship last Valentine's Day and I was in the awkward weird situation where I I gave more than what I received, which is fine because it's not about, you know, what you're getting. It's the thought that counts, but yes, that just proves that I am for sure willing to give someone a gift. <laughs> I definitely I definitely feel you on that. Um ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know by now, you I hope y'all are enjoying look at talk. Um, go ahead and pour up a round of tequila or pour up another round and enjoy this <laughs> enjoy this conversation, this long distance conversation we're having, ladies and gentlemen. So our last thing we did discuss on Look and Talk was situationships. What do you think Ooh. about people that get into those type of situationships where neither one of y'all want each other, but y'all are just <laughs> there? Um, man, so that sounds like friends with benefits with a little bit of motion. And that's scary just because I don't like wasting my time. And I would hate to say that I was I was stuck on someone who never wanted me in the first place. And I was missing out on the people who did. And so I don't know. You just really got to know the situation um, before getting in the situation ship. And so, again, I'm big on transparency and being direct and being blunt. And so. If y'all are both okay with just being there, then okay, so be it. But me, I could never. <laughs> After a while, I'm like, okay, what are we doing? Where are we at? 
what are we? I'm definitely that person. And I'm not scared to be that person because these are, these are real lives that we're living. And I would hate to say that time was wasted in it. I, I definitely agree with you on that um, to the point it's like situationships, they're cool and all at the while, but at the while it does be still like, what are we doing? We If we don't want, if you don't want me and I don't want you, why are we wasting each other's times and stuff? Right. Because someone could be, you know, observing that from the outside and be falling back thinking that, oh, they got somebody because they know that you're content with your situationship when they could have been shooting your shot. And that could have been your your future. You know, that could have been the next wifey or, or hubby. But you were so focused on the situationship that you knew was going nowhere. And now look at you still lonely. Exactly. <laughs> And that and that's what I don't get about some people. It's like they'll. It seems like they're just content to be in this situation. The person is not clearly not making them happy, and but yet you have someone that's willing to step up. But you're just content on not giving that person a chance. And it's like, and you look down the line, you're gonna be like, "What was that opportunity?" It's like the opportunity passed you by. Right. And I'm going to keep it real because I know the other side of it. I, I know what content feels like and it feels comfortable. You know what I mean? Like you are comfortable in the situation because, you know, you know who each other are. You know, a lot of people are not trying to get their body counts up. So, you know, you just do what you do to make the time pass and don't get caught up in just letting too much time pass. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. I, now, I could definitely see the other side of it, but I, and the other side of it is, that's why I kind of would think that um you need to step outside your comfort zone, and you know what I'm saying? Because you never know what's outside of your comfort zone. Now, I understand nobody don't want to waste their bodies or get their body count up, but I also do think that people need to step outside their comfort zone, because it may be the one that you might not want to give a chance to that might mm-hmm. change your life. Right, exactly. Yeah, so it's like... Uh, why? So why do you feel like people are just stuck and don't want to get out of their comfort zone? Hmm. Well, I mean, again, it's it's comfortable at the end of the day because it's just what you're used to. And a lot of people don't like stepping out and, you know, putting themselves in risky situations. And if you know you have someone that's willing to... Um, be there for you already that you know you have a phone number that if you call they're gonna be there and be like yeah I'll be over there you know that's that's always like a security blanket so I mean I can totally see why situationships are popular because it's nice to know that someone's there without the strings attached or that extra weight of you have to feel so obligated to them to do certain things. But again, don't get, don't get too lost in that sauce because after a while that sauce dries out. Yes. And when the sauce dries out and it gets bland, I really oh, feel like yes. people need to just put the brake, put the brakes on to figure out what the hell we're doing and, and try to re-energize it. And I guess take a trip or do something to re-energize your relationship. If that's the case. Facts. Because too many people, they just, they get stuck and they're just not happy. But, and that's one thing I've never really understood. It's like, if you're just stuck and you're not happy, why aren't you doing anything? Exactly. It's crazy. Easier said than done, I understand. Yeah, that part I definitely understand. So what is, now I'm going to get back to a little bit more of your advice. Now, what's some of your advice for a lot of music artists coming up? What do you, since you cover it, what do you think they should be doing? Oh, man, Um, that's that's hard because I've really taken a step back as for being as critical as I used to be when it comes to like hearing music, because there's something for everyone. And I, I can't let my opinion affect the listening experience for someone else. And so I try to ease up on my critiques. But um, some advice I would have. Like if you're performing like the basic ones, like know your audience, be present, don't cut the mic, like have a have a a plan, you know, don't just go out there thinking that you're going to jump around and then you're going to connect with your audience because a lot of people will just look at you crazy. Um, And so, you know, just having a thought process for your career. Now, I know a lot of people just do this shit for fun and then they pop and then they figure it out as they go. So if that's you too, just playing around in someone's studio, just be prepared that maybe that song will take off and you need to be prepared for when it does. 
Um, that's probably like the best advice I can give. But as for the sound of your music, do you like there's something for everyone and don't let my taste like dictate what you make or what you listen to. All I can do is just share my opinion on what I like. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. So what do you think the state of the hip hop culture is in 2020? Do you think we're in a good place or do you think it's improving? Um, I think it's always improving no matter what people are saying, just because what a lot of like throwback hip hop heads will say were, you know, back in the day, that's when it was real and authentic and genuine and all this stuff. But you can find all of those things in the artists today. Of course, we have our big names like J. Cole, Kendrick, Drake. Like, I think they all make meaningful music, too. But there's also like other artists who are making just as great as music too. Like I like Reason from TDE. I like Boogie. Like I like a lot of other lyricists from today's time. Um, And I don't think people should just get caught up in yesterday. I think people should focus on what is of quality today. And so I think 2020 is in a great space. I think a lot of great music is going to drop this year. I know a lot of people are on Rihanna's ass for dropping some music too. So, I mean, it's not all hip hop. We're waiting on some good R&B too. I know Beyonce might have something. I know she she's doing her little Ivy Park thing right now, but I know a song got to come too. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll I, I definitely feel like Ivy something from Ivy Park is coming because that line did look nice. I'm, and I'm right. not a big fan of Adidas, but I said, oh, that Ivy Park looked nice. Right, exactly. Like I might have to buy a little something, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you think is next for you for 2020? Um, well, to be honest, I'm on my um, collaboration feature tour right now. Um, <laughs> I have lined up a lot more collaborations or just a lot of people are reaching out wanting to um, have me on their platforms. And I think this is just a great opportunity for me to continue to self-reflect before I bring back my podcast because I am on a vacation hiatus. And so I'm just looking forward to collaborating with other podcasters as for even if it's just a private conversation, just like picking each other's brains and sharing resources but I'm also interested on actually being on people's platforms and um, seeing how people run their ship because I feel like um, we shouldn't be afraid to ask questions and um, share resources I, I, I hate how some people are just so afraid to venture out and just share and connect and network and I'm the opposite I am very prepared in the future to collaborate learn and grow with other podcasters by my side um I definitely agree with you on that that's something I'm definitely looking forward to and I'm grateful for you to finally come through and um we come together and um come come together and collaborate and whenever you're ready Whenever you're ready for me to come on, be a guest on Tea with Tammy, just let me know. We'll... You already know. You already know. And so once know. this hiatus ends, you are one of the first people I am going to call just because you are you were one of the first people to reach out this year. And so I am just very thankful, again, to just be on this amazing platform of Liquor Talk. And I know great things are in your future. Yes, I'm, I'm grateful to have you on as well. We're about to wrap it up. Um, so what do you think is your most useless talent? <laughs> useless oh my useless talent oh my gosh um i think how um useless Hmm. useless i don't know i mean i want to say the sound of my voice just because like people say like it's great how it sounds on a podcast but like what talent is that it's just (laughs) like it seems very like I don't know, uh, a weird talent to have. It seems useless, but I'm also using it every day. So that's just like a weird space that I live in because we all use our voices. But a lot of people say I have a a soothing one or a unique one that needs to be heard. And so that's weird to me, but I I bank off of that and I continue off of that. (laughs) Yeah, trust me. I've gotten that too, which got me into this whole radio podcast thing because somebody told me you have a good, strong voice. I said, oh, thank you. And then I heard myself I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna go with it. You know <laughs> right, saying? they onto something. <laughs> they they might be onto something. So let me right. just roll with it. Let me just roll with it. So, <laughs> what is some of the best advice someone has given you that you want to pass on to the people? Um, this is gonna sound weird, but I had a mentor in high school that I recently reconnected with um, last year, and I was kind of 
in a rough like crossroads of my nine to five and my podcast where I wanted to dedicate more time to my podcast, but of course I have to do what I have to do to keep the lights on at the end of the day. And so I have to have this nine to five. And her advice was that sometimes you have to do what you have to do to do what you want to do. And so I felt like that was like an eye-opening moment for me because even though how basic and obvious that sounds, it, it didn't really occur to me that, you know, sometimes we just have to have that, that job that fuels our, our passions. And so it's okay to do both. It's okay to have both. It's okay to have a nine to five. I know a lot of creatives get shamed for having one. They say that you're not a real creative until you quit that job. But I, I, I disagree. I think that sometimes you need to have that job in order to be a great creative. And so, you know, sometimes you have to do what you have to do to do what you want to do. So that's my advice. That's the best advice I've been given. I would like to share that with you. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that. I can definitely agree with that advice. Until, until your creative side is paying for your bills, I would say don't quit the day job, you know what I'm saying? But just right. remember your why. I definitely agree with that. And just remember why you're doing it because sometimes you might be at the bullshit nine to five job that you that you hate and everybody hates. And don't don't and I would definitely say don't get caught up in the in the BS because I'm realizing some jobs people have this crabs in the in the barrel syndrome. Ooh, right, right, yep. Exactly. And, and it's the one syndrome that we really need to cut out of. And it's like, Mm-mm. I don't know why people are like that, but it's, it's sad. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Um, but like I said, I do want to take this time to thank you for coming on the Liquor Talk podcast. Tammy, you put everything, you know what I'm saying? I <laughs> uh, look forward to us pod doing more podcasts, some more, you know what I'm saying? I might have you come back and fill in if you feel like it, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, of course. That, let me know. I, I am here at your service, sir. Thank you again for allowing me to, um, you know, share my story and my voice on your platform. Thank you. And like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you at home for subscribing to the Look at Talk podcast. Y'all look forward for future episodes. And we are out this thing. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. Yes. Thank you again. You have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.